Yes, welcome today. It's the last Sunday of 2019. I can't believe it. We've got two more days. And then it is 2020, a new century. Can you believe it? So from my side to everyone, a warm welcome on this last Sunday of the year. If you're watching online, welcome to you as well. I know a lot um, of our Prodeo family is all over the place. Um, some are even in New York and places like that, being really cold at the moment. I feel sorry for you, but welcome to everyone. And um, I hope that you, that you really get a new message today from God. We're starting a series called Rest, Finding Refreshment God's Way. And I think at the end of the year, so we will be doing this for three weeks. So we'll end the year on this note and then go two Sundays into the new year. And I think this is so relevant. And I touched on this last week because normally at the end of the year, everyone is tired and everyone always say they are tired and they feel like they need the rest. They feel like they need their summer vacation. But this is the interesting part to me. When we get into the new year and people come back from vacation, they often tell me they're still tired and it felt like they never even rested. I'm like, then there must be something wrong. There's something wrong if we think we're resting, if we feel like we're resting, but at the end of the day, it felt like you never rested. And I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest things that happened to us in this modern age is technology. I think technology accelerated so fast, and at the end of the day, technology started to accelerate the pace of life. Think about it for a moment, right? Suddenly, your workday isn't restricted from 8 to 5. It's not restricted to a desk with a typewriter or an old desktop computer. Suddenly, technology is not only in your laptop that you specifically have to go switch on. Now it's on your phone that you're carrying with you every second of the day. Every four to seven minutes, people check their phones. So suddenly technology not only accelerated the pace of life, but it extended our work days and it broke down the barriers that existed between work and home life. We take work with us and we take home with us and there's, there's no more barriers. So we're always busy. We're never off. We're never unplugged and we're never quiet anymore. And we talked about this a while ago when we talked about prayer and hearing God's voice, that God will not yell over the noise in our lives. We have to quiet down if we want to hear God's voice. But I think this topic specifically, whether you are a Christian or you're not a Christian, where you're starting with Christianity, um, or whether you're even unsure, I think this is so relevant because every single person on earth in this modern age, any single person that is connected to technology feels all of this pressure that's been put on us. And it's, it is, it is, it's a toll on our well-being. More and more, almost every single podcast I listen to about leadership, talks about burnout. People are feeling burnt out. People are feeling exhausted. People are feeling stressed out. And I think we're resting the wrong way. And that is why we're starting this series. I'm literally starting this from my own heart. I told Delandia I love these kind of series because I, I have to dig so deep because I'm preaching it to myself first because I'm trying to figure this out for myself. So I hope you will go on this journey with us. But before I tell you what we're going to be talking about today, I quickly want to test some Bible knowledge. Okay, so in the book of Genesis, Genesis 1 verse 1, we read about the creation of the world. And what did God create on the first day? Who can remember? First day. First day, God creates heaven and earth. God creates light and darkness day and night. That's the first day. Who can remember what God created on the sixth day? Sixth day was animals and man. 
And every time after God created, and we don't know what God's length of a day is, whether it was 24 hours, 5 minutes, or 6,000 years, because God says uh, an hour is to Him like a thousand years, and a thousand years like an hour. So God, it, it, God existed before time. God exists outside of time, right? But every time in God's picture of a day, God created for six days, and then on the seventh day, what did God create? Not only did God rest, but God actually created something in that process. So we read in Genesis that on the seventh day, God rested, but he didn't just rest. It's not like he was tired. We serve a God who doesn't grow weary and tired. The Bible says that. So he wasn't tired, but God rested. And then he did something. He created something on the day. We read that he blessed that rest day and that he declared it holy. So God didn't just rest. God created rest. That is so cool to me. And that rest in the Old Testament is called the Sabbath. The Jews call it Shabbat. And that is today what we'll be talking about. And Nick, for some reason, this is not going again. Seems like my presenter, when we low on volunteers, never wants to work. The Sabbath, God's design for rest. That's what we'll be talking about today. Is the Sabbath still important? Should we care about it? So in the Old Testament, God modeled this. God created the world. People kind of drifted away from God. It was destroyed in a flood. God chose a new group of people to journey with. They kind of messed up again. At the end of the day, it's this long story. They are in Egypt. They are slaves to the Pharaoh. God saves them. And then one day, as they are journeying through this desert on the way to the rest, to the promised land that God has promised them, God calls Moses up onto this mountain. So everyone is, is st staying behind. And they're like, what is God going to say to Moses? And then on that mountain, God gives Moses 10 rules, 10 laws, 10 commandments to navigate the, the life of the Israelites. Now, if I had to tell you, I don't know who are parents here, but if you are a parent and I had to say, you have to draw up 10 rules and that 10 rules will be all, the only rules you can use to navigate the lives of your children. They, I can assure you, there's a lot of thought that will go into that process to figure out what 10 rules are the most important. And God gives them 10 rules. The first three of them are about the way we relate to God. The last six of them are how we should relate to each other. And then right in the middle, there's this random, at the fourth commandment, there's this random little commandment, actually not a little one, it's actually one of the longest, the ones that gets described the most. And we're going to read about that this morning from Exodus 20, verse 8 to 11. Exodus 20. This is what God says to Moses. He says, remember... This is the fourth commandment, to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in Six days, and we're back to Genesis. The Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. 
Guys, what is so interesting to me is when God gave these commandments, God gave them about three commandments that relate to God. So there's only one God. We should worship only Him. We should not use His name in vain. He gave us six laws about how we should relate to each other. Don't kill each other. Don't steal someone else's wife. Don't lie. All of those things that are really important. But there's one commandment that not only gets described the most, that is the Sabbath. It's got the longest description, one of the, mo- the longest descriptions from all the commandments. But not only did God describe it well, God finds it so important that right at the beginning of time, God modeled rest to us. So God doesn't only tell us to rest. In in the very commandment, God says, go back to the beginning and go and see what rest is about. See how I modeled it to you. Rest is so important that right at the beginning of time, God modeled it. And then God gives this law to the Israelites. I think when we think about commandments, when we think about laws, it's easy, especially the six that relate to people, to understand them and to affirm them, right? We, we, think, we kind of know why they are there. The, the fifth commandment, honor your, your mother and father, the fifth commandment. If you don't do that, society will fall apart. Kids will run amok. It will be crazy. They will try to do a coup on the state and it will be insane, right? The sixth commandment, don't murder. Can you see the purpose of that? Don't kill someone just because you like, I don't like his face. So I'm going to cut it off or something. You, you don't do that. The seventh commandment, don't steal someone else's wife. That makes sense, right? Every commandment, the eighth commandment, don't steal. The ninth commandment, don't lie. Every commandment makes sense to us, and we, 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 we can see the reasoning behind it. But when it comes to the fourth commandment, we're like, I don't know, rest? Every now and then I, I, I do rest. So what, what's the big deal with that? It's not like the world is going to fall apart when we don't rest. Or is it? And this is the interesting thing to me. We affirm that the other commandments will hurt ourselves or someone in our family or the community. But what we forget is that this commandment is a law because God knew something that we do not know. And that is that God knew in a society, especially the Israelites, that were supposed to be a holy people, that were supposed to be a separated people. They were supposed to look different. Why? Because God already planned to send Jesus, and he wanted to use the Israelites as the vessel to bring Jesus into this world. So they had to look different, they had to act different, they had to be a successful nation, a nation that was at the place to bring Jesus into this world. And God knew that in a society like that, if people had to work seven days a week, the society was just as vulnerable to collapse as it would have been if people were just to kill each other for no reason, or if people were just allowed to steal each other's wives, or to murder, or to rape, or whatever. God knew something we don't know. And that is why God gave this as a command. A couple of years ago, even when I was little, it was a lot easier to obey the fourth command. Full stations, shops, everything was closed on a Sunday. By the way, the Sabbath in Jewish culture is from Friday evening sunset till Saturday evening sunset. But we're going to talk about that in, in a second, okay? But it was easier. As Christians, we do it on a Sunday because that's the day Jesus was resurrected. But it was easier because everything was closed. So what did you do on a Sunday? You went to the church because nothing else was open. 
And then you went home and you rested. But these days, people rest on a Saturday. Kind of like I have to cut the grass a bit. I have to do my home thing, sleep a little later. And then Sunday, people do everything that they don't normally have time for. And somehow rest and spending time with God, just that's just gone missing. But God knew something we don't know. And in 2013 already, now this is a couple of years ago, and you have to realize this. The smartphone, mobile phones, a phone you can carry in your pocket exists for about 20 years now. But the smartphone has only really been in our pockets for the last 10 years. Okay, we're heading to 2020. So when I'm saying 2013, you just started to take work in your pocket with you. But already in 2013, the Huffington Post wrote this. Um, they said, stress is a major factor in five out of the six leading causes for death. And you can go and Google these things. It's not a secret. It's all over the internet. The death is in the Western world, one of the number one killers. It is one of the um, major factors in heart disease, in cancer, strokes, accidents. And I think it was upper respiratory disease or something like that. They said that between 75 and 90% of doctor visits are stress-related. So you're going because something is wrong with you, but meantime, it is because of stress. It's because we're not rested. It's because we're filled with anxiety and we're feeling burned out and we're stressed. God knew something we didn't know. God knew that in a society where people don't rest, one day out of seven, it will collapse. And now because we're not resting, all over the world are, are tasting four day Four, four days of work and three days of resting, but we're not resting. And you know what will happen? If we go to work four days and we've got a weekend for three days, we're just going to continue doing whatever we're doing and we're going to be just as burnt out because the principle is not about having more days. The principle is about one rest day out of seven. A rest day. I always told the my youth, when I was still a youth pastor, that God's laws are protective, they're not restrictive. You can remember that. God's laws are there to protect us from ourselves, to protect our neighbors from, from us. And the same way when we talk about the Sabbath, it's not restrictive. It wasn't supposed to spoil our fun. In fact, Jesus in the New Testament said that the Sabbath, that we weren't made for the Sabbath, that the Sabbath was made for us. God gave it to us as a gift because its laws are protective, not restrictive. So God gave us this day of rest. And I know when we talk about a law, you will probably say, but Louis, we're not under the law because we're New Testament. If you didn't know that, okay, then you're not New Testament. Because Jesus came to fulfill the law. So what on earth does the law, what does the, the fourth commandment have to do with us? You see, when we keep the commandments, when we listen to God's law, it is not because we think that our salvation has anything to do with it. We don't believe that we should do the right things, that we should follow God's law to the letter to be saved, because we will never keep it perfectly, because we're imperfect people. We will always break the law. We know that we are saved. We know that God adopts us as His children, that He loves us, not because we do the right things, but because we believe in Jesus. That's what the Bible says. It's our faith that saves us. But it doesn't mean that we should throw the law out, the, the Ten Commandments. Why? Because they still contain principles for living well. They contain God's heart. They contain God's principles for living a life that brings honor and glory to God. So we're not keeping the Sabbath like the Jewish people where you've got a thousand rules to keep. 
I always look at them in C-point, and they're not allowed to press the elevator button, but they can go down 10 flights of stairs. I'm like, how's that not more work than pressing a button? It gets so confusing. You're not allowed to switch on a light. Even if your fridge has a light, you have to screw out the light bulb, because if you open the door and the light goes on, you switch on a light. We don't follow all those laws. Because it is not about keeping the law to the letter that is impossible. We are keeping God's law. We are following His principles because it is good for us. It sets us up for success. The principle of the Sabbath is this. This is how simple it is. It is one day out of six that we set apart and that we protect and then at, during the day, we make, time to devo- we make devotional time to fellowship with God, and we make time for rest. One day out of six that we set apart and protect to devote ourselves to God and to rest. It's not about the Sabbath, Friday evening sun- sunset, Saturday evening sunset. It's not about a Sunday. It's about one day out of six, seven. Six days we work, one day we rest. That's how simple it is. And I wanted to start with this, because if we cannot understand the concept that God saw the need to make a rest day, to put it on the same level, to rest as not to murder, not to steal, not to covet your neighbor's stuff, if we can't understand that it was that important to God, then the rest of the series will not even make sense to you. So the first thing we need to understand is God gave us this law. He gave us this commandment to help us, to protect us, to prevent all this brokenness that we're seeing around us. But the second one thing I want you to know is that rest is not only a commandment, but because it is a commandment, rest is also an act of obedience. Why do I say that? Because any commandment, the speed limit is a law, but you choose whether you want to drive 60 in a 60 zone or 120. Is there consequences if you drive 120? Yes. But you choose. And therefore, the fourth commandment to rest, to take a Sabbath, is also a choice. It is an act of obedience. And we can choose to enter God's rest or we can choose not to enter it. And I think without us even realizing it over the last century or so, more and more we've chosen as humanity to not enter God's rest, but to fill our lives with busyness and with whatever we fill it with. So let me ask you this. Why is it so hard to keep the Sabbath? Why is it so hard to rest? It's like I I always look at my baby girl and you want to put her to bed and she doesn't want to go to sleep, but she's so tired. She's crying. I'm like, why don't you just want to sleep? You're tired. Just close your eyes. But she doesn't. She's like, oh, I'm going to miss out on something. We do the same thing. Why is it so hard for us to rest? And I think this is the main thing. Because honoring the principle of the Sabbath takes faith. Rest is not just close your eyes and sleep. That's sleeping. That's part of rest. But that's not rest. To rest, to truly honor the principle of the Sabbath takes faith. One of the reasons why we struggle to rest, one of the reasons why we love to have our phone in our pocket and check it the whole time is because we want to be in control. We are, without even saying it or actively thinking about it, we are so afraid that our lives and the world and our jobs and whatever might fall apart if we're not in control of it. 
And therefore, the Sabbath takes rest. It takes faith. It is about coming to a place where we trust that God is our provider, where we trust that God is in control, where I surrender my control and I say, God, the world and my house and my family and my work and school and whatever is not going to fall apart when I don't rest because you are the provider. You're still keeping everything intact and I'm trusting you. To the point where that rest becomes a lifestyle, to the point where it becomes an attitude of finding rest in God that I can carry through into my work week, so that Monday when I walk into the office, I'm not stressed out and anxious about everything. I don't have to drink a pill to just bring my emotions down, because I know, because I found rest in God, that He's in control and that I can trust Him as the provider, as the caretaker. But I have to choose to enter into his rest. And for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about how we can help ourselves to enter into God's rest. But I want you to remember today that it is a command, and therefore God wouldn't have given it to us if it wasn't important. Therefore, we need to obey it. We need to to honor the principle. Why? Because it will catch up with you if you don't honor it. It's like days of Sabbath start to add up against you if you don't take them. And this is not just me saying this. This is actually a biblical principle. Okay? Can I read you something? Let me first tell you this story. Not only did God say you have to rest one day out of seven, God told the Israelites, and all the old farmers knew this, you have to let your land rest for one year out of seven years. Today they rotate crops and do all kinds of funky things, and work in a bunch of fertilizer to help the soil to still, be produ- to still produce because they don't let their land rest. But God told the Israelites, once you enter Israel, you have to work the land. The seventh year, you don't plant anything. You don't prune your grapes. You just do nothing. You let the land rest. But the Israelites started planting. The Israelites started working. They started picking grapes. They started making wine. They got more and more money. Things started to produce well. So the seventh year came around. They're like, what are we going to live off? God is like, I'm your provider. They're like, God, we don't trust you that much. So we're going to continue planting into the seventh year. So they continued to do that for guess how many years? 490 years. Almost 500 years, 490 years, they decided to not let the land rest. And then something happened. Our Sabbath rest that we don't take, it accumulates against us. And after 490 years, in 2 Chronicles 36, verse 19 to 21, you can go and read it yourself. The Babylonians invaded Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, destroyed the city. And they said the The people who were left, who weren't murdered and killed, were taken as exiles to Babylon. And then these insane words, and I never noticed this before I actually started reading with the the lenses of rest on it. It it actually says that, um, I can actually read it to you. But it says that now the prophecy of the prophet that said the land had to rest, now finally it will be fulfilled. And I'm going to... I have to go off this Wi-Fi. In 2 um, Chronicles 36, come on, load. It's the only problem if you've got a Bible on your phone and you don't have signal. But anyway, you can go and read it. My, my Bible doesn't want to open. Ah, 2 Chronicles 36. Nope, it's not working. 
Okay, so carry a paper Bible with you in case, in case there's a problem with the internet. But anyway, it says that now the prophecy of, of the prophet finally came true. And now the land will take its Sabbath rest for 70 years. 490 years, they didn't let the land rest every seventh year. How many years did they owe God? 70 years of rest for the land. And they actually used the word, now the land will take its Sabbath rest. For 70 years they were exiled. And it's not that God is mean, it's not that God is horrible, but God knows that if we do not rest, we will destroy ourselves. God made the land rest. And I want to tell you today, and I've learned this the hard way in my own life, if you do not rest, it will catch up with you. You will get to the point where you have to take medication to keep going, or where you're sleeping and you don't wake up refreshed, where you're so filled with anxiety and exhaustion that you feel like you cannot go on. Because we didn't find the rest that God gave us. There's this quote from an old theologian, D.K. Chesterton, and I want you to read this with me on the screen. We, Charit, uh, you can put it up for me, please. We cannot break the commandments. We can only break ourselves against them. The commandments are not there to restrict you. The commandments are not there because God hates you or because God is evil or because God wants to spoil you fine. They are there, there to protect you. And we break ourselves against them if we don't obey. And when we don't rest, we will break ourselves against it. The land of Israel broke themselves against the law and had to rest the physical land for 70 years. Some of you might have broken yourself against this law. I have. Where God forces you into a place of rest. A couple of years ago, I started having vertigo attacks where I would wake up in the morning. If you ever had vertigo, it's one of the most horrible things ever. The world spins so much, you cannot stand on your own two feet. Literally, it's not like it's spinning a little and you feel dizzy. It's like you, you cannot walk. You just fall over. It's that bad. You have to crawl wherever you want to go. It's a horrible feeling. And after this happened a couple of times, it happened when we were in America the first time for church sponsor training, where I was in bed for three days. And the doctor said, I have to go and see a, a specialist. So I went to an ear, nose, and throat specialist. They did balance tests. They did hearing tests. They did an MRI brain scan. They did any kind of test you can think of to figure out why I'm getting vertigo because the medicine are not working. It's not the typical thing where you get it because you're flying or because this or because of that. They couldn't figure something out. Finally, the specialist told me that. He said, the only reasoning that I can find behind it is that your body shuts down when you are overworked and exhausted. And every time when I don't rest, and I wasn't always so good with this, especially when our church was really fast growing in Joburg, I would just work seven days a week. Mornings, eight o'clock to the evenings, 10 o'clock. And then it accumulates against us till one day we break ourselves against the commandment and you cannot get up out of bed. I've learned to sleep. I've learned to take my day of rest, although I'm still learning. That's why I'm preaching this. But you will break yourself against God's law. And for the next couple of weeks, we will talk um, about how we can rest. Because we're already paying the price. Our families are paying the price. Our marriages are paying the price. Our careers. And this is something we're missing. Our witness to the world is also paying a price. 
So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about how can we rest? How can we take our rest more serious? How can we find the rest and the refreshment that God promised us? So make sure you don't miss the next two weeks. You're not going to be here. You can watch it live at our service time, um, or otherwise you can find it on YouTube and Facebook after the service. But for now, let's remember, God gave it to protect us, not to restrict us. It's your and my, my choice of whether we're going to obey God's law or whether we're going to break ourselves against it. Let's pray.